Hi, I'm Joe Garcia. If you're listening to this recording, then clearly I have been unable to produce an episode of the Pop Culture Shuffle this week. Due to either A, a school-slash-work commitment, B, a personal situation, or C, a combination of both. I hope to be back doing the podcast by next week. Otherwise, you will probably hear this recording again. For now, enjoy this completed segment. Well, it's that time of the year again, where everyone's playing Christmas music, the holiday specials are airing, or streaming, and of course, the annual airing of certain holiday classics. Most of which I've not watched. I've never seen Elf, I've never seen The Christmas Story, but not for lack of trying, but mostly because it doesn't appeal to me. Which is weird because I like Will Ferrell, yet I've never seen Elf. I did see that Elf stop-motion musical, but that's pretty much it. The same thing with A Christmas Story, despite the fact that it's been on the air every year, including airing 24-hour reruns on TBS and TNT, I've never watched it. There are certain films I've seen on an annual basis, either because I want to see them, or because, well, they're on TV. And the latter case has been the thing for me for the longest time. Which leads me to talk about the holiday classic I wanted to highlight, It's a Wonderful Life. Now at this point, it's a bit impossible to say you've never seen It's a Wonderful Life. You're either aware of it because of its constant annual airings on NBC, or just because, well, someone's made fun of it. And there's a lot of things to joke about the film, in particular from the hokey directing, the crazy plot involving George Bailey, or even For the first few years I saw this film, I was honestly confused by why this old-ass film was airing on TV, since everything else was in full bright color, and then this old film comes out wondering, where's all the color? And for the longest time I just saw it as that, a corny piece of crap. But as the years have gone on, and the more I've watched the film, I've learned to appreciate it. It also probably helped that at one point I watched this film while in school, weirdly out of the holiday season, and that's where I learned to appreciate it a bit more. And then by the next Christmas afterwards, I started to enjoy it. I liked it so much, I bought the Blu-ray. Now for those of you unaware, the film centers around the life of George Bailey, who grows up in Bedford Falls wanting to go out and explore the world. But as his life goes on, he proceeds to have a series of events that keep him from leaving Bedford Falls. Either from simply wanting to take care of other people, wanting to help his brother and friends advance with their lives, and in some cases, just as he seems he's about to go out in the world, something holds him back. In short, George Bailey never leaves Bedford Falls. And one night, when he's on the verge of collapse because of a variety of events that happened to him and those around him, he starts to have a mental breakdown, and by accidentally saving an angel, long story, he wonders, what if he was never born? Now for some people, this film might seem heavily outdated and forgettable, because, well, in some ways it is. Honestly, the only thing that probably hasn't aged badly are George's relationship with his friends and the fact that people use vinyl records, considering the major comeback vinyl has had in the past few years. And while there are sure a bunch of outdated antics and elements, especially when it comes to the only African-American character in the film being made, but there's a reason why this film is timeless and memorable, and why it continues to air on NBC to this very day. In fact, if you see all the films that normally air on an annual basis, there are relatively very few of them that still continue to air on broadcast television. 
Honestly, the only other examples could be the Ten Commandments during Easter, as well as the sound of music. I don't know when it normally airs. There's a good reason for NBC airing the film every year as it has for the past few decades, because it's great, it's timeless, it's memorable, and because they have the rights to it. Also because, well, it's three hours they can put the film on and just do nothing else and just let people see the film. Because it's either that or air some other crap on Christmas Eve. Now going back to the film itself, the first few times I saw it, I really didn't like it. I only watched it because there was literally nothing else to watch on TV. And by that I mean, it's Christmas Eve and you're probably either waiting to go out to a family reunion, or you're just waiting to open up the gifts, and well, your options are either reruns, or this film. And even before streaming, it was the only thing you could probably watch in less than three hours because, well, you're probably about to go out to a party anyway. Why not just spend time watching that? Now for some, this might seem relatable, especially by how George Bailey, despite his best efforts, can never leave Bedford Falls. At several points throughout the film, he has everything ready to just go out into the world, but something holds him back. And the film portrays George as being such a nice guy who doesn't want to let anyone down. The film's opening even sets this up by how everyone is praying for George. Now for some, they might see George as just being, well, somewhat submissive. Especially by how, sure, George could help these people, but on the other hand, he could tell them all to fuck off and he can go do his own thing. However, George is just too sincere and nice of a guy to do that. He just cares that much about the people he works with, his friends, his family. The film, however, shows that George is not a perfect person, as he struggles with the fact he can't leave Bedford Falls, but at the same time, just wants to take care of his family and friends. Now some might find it relatable that same problem, in which either they know someone, or are them themselves, stuck in a place they can't leave despite their best efforts. And the film shows how George eventually falls apart and just realizes, what if he was never born? Only to then see that without him, everything would fall apart. Now, aren't there hokey elements in this film? Yes, especially when it comes to the way that James Stewart plays George off. And that could be mostly due in part to Stewart's performance. In which, of course, he felt like this, and it's kind of annoying. But at the same time, he doesn't make it frustrating to listen. The same could be said about the other actors in this film, like Donna Reed as Mary Hatch, or Lionel Barrymore, yes, a distant relative of Drew Barrymore, as Mr. Potter. The character of course portrayed as the snooty rich guy who just wants to take over everything. And the film does a good job of doing that. If anything, the only thing it doesn't do is take him down. As if it's trying to imply he'll be around forever for as long as he lives. Because normally, in most of these films, the rich guy loses, but in a very shameful way. In this film, he basically gets away with a lot of things, and in the end, is never caught or punished. One of my favorite lines from the film happens to be Mr. Potter's last line, in which after George wishes him a Merry Christmas, he then responds back, And a Happy New Year to do in jail. Which I have to admit is still one of the funnier lines from the film. Most because of how just Mr. Potter does not give a fuck about Christmas. Now the film does have a message in all of this, of how one person can change everything. And in this case, it's how George Bailey, no matter how little he thinks of himself, does have a huge impact on the people around him. While there are a few elements which age the film, mainly its setting, a few negative portrayals, 
The film still has a very timeless and charming message that still holds up to this very day. This is honestly why the film continues to air to this very day on an annual basis. It's just that good of a film. It has proudly earned its designation as a holiday classic, right alongside Miracle on 34th Street, Home Alone, and many others. If you can withstand the fact that it's in black and white, I highly recommend this film. Now there is a color version out there, though having seen it, I have to admit it's not as vibrant or colorful as I thought it would be. It's a Wonderful Life is available to own on 4K, Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. Thank you for listening to this segment. If everything works out, the Pop Culture Shuffle will return next week. If you want to find out when the next episode comes out, remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MrJoeGarcia9. Until next time, thank you for listening.